Can you hear me now? <laughs> there we go. Um, I was thinking back to what Shannon said a couple of weeks ago about goblin mode. And um, are there any 80s babies here? That's right here. Did you, do you remember the movie Gremlins? Yeah. So I think I'm going to get a shirt made for my children and probably for me too. Um, it says, holiday gremlin mode activated. <laughs> because that's how it's felt sometimes. <laughs> All right, let's get going. All right, so um, today I'm talking about uh, engaging or re-engaging with fellowship. Um, so I thought we'd, we'd start with the basics, All right? So um, I looked up the definition for fellowship and communities seem to go right with it. So um, the definition for community from Merriam-Webster was an interacting population of various kinds of individuals, such as species, in a common location. Um, we're not talking about interspecies relationships today. We're talking about intraspecies relationships. Um, and the definition for fellowship was companionship, company, or a company of equals or friends. So we can find lots of fellowships. We can find the fellowship of the rings, fellowships of the moms, fellowships of the elders, just anything that you have a common interest with. Fellowship of the knitters and crocheters. Um, those are my people. And um, so I thought, how is that fellowship different from the fellowship that we're going to talk about? Because Christian fellowship is a little bit different from just fellowship overall. Um, there's still that companionship, that company that we have, but there's just some little things, not little things, maybe big things that make it different. Um, in the Bible, in the Greek, in the Greek translation, um, fellowship is derived from koinos, um, which is common, mutual, public. Um, and then we've got fellowship is, let me see if I can say it right, koinonias, which is shared participation within a community, which is, I think, what we're trying to do. It's that in, that in bit, isn't it? Um, and so I tried to think about it, and I thought about it, and I came up with a really great analogy. And you can tell me if it's great or not. But um, So I thought, how is fellowship built up? How do we get fellowship? So I started with the basics. God is the rock. Rock. And we've got our relationship with God, our discipleship. That's the foundation. We've got our social or our community. That's the frame of the house. And fellowship is the house because a wise man builds his house on the rock. <laughs> so, um, Christian fellowship is a relationship with God that extends to other people. It's a really good one. Um, I think we've got our first verse, um, 1 John 1, 3 to 4, if it, that could be brought up. Did I give you that one? Yeah. Um, that, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Is that, uh, and these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. So we can see that there's two bits of fellowship. There's fellowship with God, our personal relationship. 
and there's fellowship with all the other disciples of God. You guys. All right. So the point is, what do we get out of fellowship? What is the purpose of fellowship? Um, And I think it's laid out quite nicely in Acts 2, verses 42, and then we're going to skip to 46 and 47. If you want to bring that up, Reuben. Um, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And the next one. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So within that passage, we can see that there's actually three essential elements to fellowship. There's wisdom or learning. There's social aspect, the breaking of bread. We all love breaking bread, don't we? Who's hungry? Somebody's hungry here. I'm sure of it. I think those guys are hungry in the back. Um, and there's spiritual. So that's, our, that's within us. All right, so we're going to go, we're going to start with learning first. Who's ready to learn? I love learning. Learning's great. Um, we're going to use another Bible passage. Sorry, I'm a bit heavy on the Bible verses today. So um, we're going to go to Ephesians 3, verses 8 to 13. Oh, wait, there we go. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which, from the beginning of the ages, has been hidden in God, who created all three things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So within that passage, we can sort of see there's a humbleness to relaying your wisdom. Um, There's a humbleness to learning. You have to humble yourself to learn. You have to say, actually, I need to learn about this. I need to work on this. Um, And there's also, um, we talked about wisdom, sorry. I'm a bit bit flustered. I'm going to calm down now. (laughs) Um, So I guess what I'm saying is, how is that learning and teaching achieved so that we can have fellowship within the church. And um, I'm going to share a story about my, about my small group. So fellow, fellowship is really great with your home groups. Who here is part of a home group? Oh, good job, guys. Um, so in our home group, um, we were breaking for the, for the holidays. And um, we, we broke our bread. We had some treats. And then we started having sort of conversations, and, and we kind of, it just happened naturally. Um, we, we started going around and saying, you know, oh, you know, what's God trying to make me do? 
What's, what's God trying to nurture within me that I need to develop? And um, I remember saying, um, I think God wants me to be sassy. And, and, and I thought about it a little bit more. It's not sassy just to be sassy for sassy's sake. You know, it's not, no, I don't like that. And I told you so. Um, it's, it's sassy with a purpose. So it's being strong enough to say, actually, I don't agree with that. I'm going to tell you why I don't agree with that, and I'm going to stand my ground. Um, I'm not going to waver this time, um, because I won't go into too much detail. Um, there's, there's been a situation at the boys' school, um, and there was a decision made, and I was not pleased with it, and, and I was sassy about it. I was actually, I don't agree with this decision. And I was met with, actually, it's our decision to make. You know, sorry, but it's, it's done. It's like, no, I'm his parent. It's okay for me to say, no, I don't agree with this because it's, it's not in his best interests. Um, so that's where God was telling me, you need to work on this, Nedra, because I know that with confidence and and with sassiness, you can actually do great things. So um, that was the personal thing I got um, from, from fellowship, from my home group. And it's a really good, home groups are a really good way to sort of develop that thing in a safe place as well. Um, home groups are free from judgment, I would hope. <laughs> home groups are there to support Home groups are there to nurture and encourage and say, have you thought about it this way? You know? Yeah. How, how are we going, guys? We good? Good? All right. Um, and learning and teaching is also used by God to help us change into what he wants us to be. Um, I've, I've always had this sort of picture in my mind that I was this... You know, I was this gentle, this gentle stream, you know, just, just winding around the hills, nice and calm, because everybody tells me that I'm patient. They don't see me at home during holiday gremlin mode. Um, <laughs> but I thought about it a little more this week, actually. And I thought, well, what happens to a stream when the rain comes? Um, when there's so much rain... That, that the banks can't, it, the water can't be held within the banks. Well, the stream becomes a river, and the river is full of power and current to change. So there are times when I need to be a river, when I need to be strong and confident and willing to change. And, and then I can go back to being a stream sometimes, calm and peaceful and go with the flow you know, that kind of person. Um, and the second aspect of what is fellowship is community or shared participation. Um, so there's, that's your breaking of bread. That's your social. That's the fun stuff. Um, and, and we do focus on the fun stuff a little bit more than we do the learning and the wisdom and the spiritual because we like food. 
Um, but there's a really good um, saying within while I've been studying about being a childbirth educator is that the best way to bond <coughs> is through caffeine and calories. Um, <laughs> And it's true. I mean, you get a little jolt of caffeine, you get some yummy food in your tummy, and you're like, yeah, I can talk to you. You know? <laughs> when, when we're fed, when we're nourished, we're, we're a bit more open to learning. <laughs> and, um, and I think also an aspect of community within the church is that everyone is essentially equal um, in Acts 10, verse 34, it says, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. You know, my value is just as much as Mike's value, as Jane's value, as Jonna's value, as Leah's value, as T.U.'s value. I have value, and it's just, it's equal. We all have something that we can share with each other. And I think that's, that's really nice. Um, so community and shared participation, there's also a, there's an aspect where we care for one another in Christ with no distinctions or divisions. You know, we don't say, oh, I can't take care of you because you like Manchester United and I'm an Arsenal fan. So you stay five feet away from me. We don't do that in the church. We shouldn't do that in the church. <laughs> there should be some, some good joshing, some good rivalry, but we don't say, I can't help you because, because you like this and I don't. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And... The purpose of community and shared participation is for the person, personally, and think about it, think about what we're trying to do here. It provides a feeling of stability, a feeling of belonging, a feeling of being needed, and a feeling of being loved. Because I've been to heaps of churches, and, and you know, I've, I've felt... I felt like I belonged sometimes, a little loved, um, stability maybe not so much, um, whereas here at Connect, I do feel all those things, so you guys are doing it well, like we're doing it good, we're doing well, we just need to do a little bit more now, all right? <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story. Sorry, Clark, I'm going to embarrass you. Um, and it's called God Loves Me um, with Conditions. Um, and I thought that was a really good story to use. Um, I think Clark was about maybe three or four. And usually in the afternoon, I give him screen time. It's called Mom's Downtime because Mom has had enough. Mom has been with Clark and Ben for about five hours already. And she's just tired. Um, so usually um, I'd, I'd put on a movie or something. And it was the time that I was, I was toilet training him. So I asked him before I put on the movie, I said, do you need to go to the toilet? No, no, I'm fine. I was like, are you sure? Because you're doing the dance. 
And he's like, no, no, I'm fine. I was like, okay. Five minutes later, mom, I've had an accident. So, um, so it continued that way for about, I think, five times. The accidents kept happening. And I think about the fifth accident, I was not the calm stream. I was a raging river. <laughs> and I probably said some things to him. I was like, I told you to go to the toilet. Why didn't you go to the toilet when I asked you to? Um, and, and I sent him to his room. I was like, go to your room. Because um, I was, yeah, that's funny, eh? <laughs> Because they hear it all the time at home. Go to your room. <laughs> um, and so I had my calm down time. Clark had his calm down time. And um, a little bit later, he came up to me and he's like, do you still love me? <laughs> and, and, and I thought about it. And I was like, of course I still love you. I'm allowed to get angry at you, but I still love you. Um, but it actually made me think about the church um, because growing up, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up around the church. Um, I heard things from people who went to church and it always seemed to be, you know, uh, God loves me, oh, but he doesn't like you. No, no, no. Um, and it made me think that God has conditions for him to love me, that my value was based on something. I had to be, you know, I had to go to church all the time. I had to be all in all the time. Um, and, and I think that moment with Clark, being a parent has really taught me a lot about God as well. Um, that moment with Clark, it was like God was saying, no. No, just like you don't have any conditions for how much you love Clark or any of your boys, because I love you all equally, <laughs> um, there are no conditions to my love for you. Yeah, and I think, I think that's true. Um, I mean, of course we get baptized and we believe that Jesus died for our sins and by the grace of God that we are saved, but it was never imposed on us. It was never, you have to do this. Um, am I right? Okay. I wasn't sure. I'm a bit on shaky ground here. Okay. I've never been to Bible college. Okay. <laughs> um, <coughs> I got a frog in my throat. Sorry. <coughs> All right. Yeah. So community shared participation. Everybody has equal value how we get community and shared participation. People feel like they belong, they feel stable, they feel needed, they feel loved. It's really good. It's, it's a really good foundation for a, for a community. Um, and the third bit that I was gonna talk about is um, prayer and praise. Um, because there's that spiritual aspect. <clears throat> and that's a bit more internal but there is sort of a corporate, a corporate fellowship that we, we're doing it right now, actually. This is fellowship. Um, so I thought we go to Hebrews 13, verses 15 to 16. I'll just wait for it to come up. Got Hebrews? 
Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So prayer and praise, it develops our personal relationship with God. Um, I find sometimes the more that I pray, um, the deeper my relationship goes with God. Um, and at times, it's, it's not even like a set time that I, that I pray or talk to God. It's kind of like when I'm in the car going to pick up Ben for his piano lesson, I'll have a quick conversation. You know, you guys all have those kinds of conversations like you used to do with your mom or your dad. You'd pick up the phone and have a 10-minute conversation and, and then leave. you end the call. It's that kind of thing for me, that I am continually having conversations with God, and I am continually trying to listen to him. Um, and that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's a chance to grow, to change, to give thanks for what he's done for us as well. Um, God has done many, many great things in my life. I've got three right there that are great things within my life that he has blessed me with. Oh, and another one back there because it wouldn't have been possible without him as well. <laughs> We're not, we're not talking about divine conception today. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's prayer and praise. We do need to grow those things within us. Um, but I just want to say that it might look different for everybody. Um, it might not look the same. Um, and I guess I'm going to share another personal story because that's all I've got. Um, and that's... You can't see it, but the way that I feel when I hear music, it's indescribable. There's something that I feel within me. You know, you get that goosebump feeling and you're like, oh, that's a good song kind of thing. I don't show it to you, but it doesn't mean that I'm not feeling it. So even though we don't see it, it, it might be happening within somebody. Um, you might not see the... It, it's like a little, a little seed growing in the dirt. You know, you plant the seed and you nurture it and you, you water it and you give it some sun if it's a, you know, partially shaded to full, to full sun plant. And, and eventually it, it comes up and it grows and it blossoms, you know? Um, so I guess I don't want you guys to feel discouraged. Um, but... I don't want you guys to be like, we need to show it all the time, kind of thing. It, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be within yourself as well. Um, I was thinking that I was telling Jane and Pam, because um, we were listening to the worship team, and um, I was telling them, actually, that song promises. There's something about that song that just speaks to me. It says this is a really, like, this is my song. This is my personal song between me and God. Like, I really love it. I love the chorus. I love the verses. I love it all. <clears throat> Maybe it reminds me a little bit of home. It might be that, too. Um, 
Yeah, so, sorry, I got a bit off track. <laughs> I tend to do that a lot. How's everybody feeling? Everybody feeling good? Yes. Everybody good? Is it clear? Is it concise? All right, recap. There are three important aspects of fellowship. There's the learning, there's the wisdom, there's the shared participation, the community, the part we all love. And there's the prayer and the praise, that sort of personal development. So what, what can happen when things don't go to plan? We, we go a little off course. Fellowship veers off course. You know, we're having a little bit too much social. Um, not enough prayer and praise. Not enough learning. Not enough wisdom. Um, I, um, I watched a movie this week. <laughs> Um, I actually love to watch Disney movies. It's, it's a thing. I don't know what it is. I just love it. Um, I know, they are amazing. Um, my favorite one is Encanto <laughs> because it reminds me of home. I didn't grow up in Colombia, but I grew up in New Mexico, and it reminds me a lot of my family. <laughs> um, so... I, I sort of watched Encanto and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a little bit about what I'm talking about. Oh, that too. Oh, I get that. Um, so I think this story perfectly encapsulates what happens when fellowship gets a little bit off track. Um, so I think the first thing, one of the things that can happen is you can have division or stratification that sort of us, them, those guys kind of thing. Um, and you see it quite perfectly. You see it in Mirabelle, who is the protagonist of our story. Um, all of her families have these amazing powers, at least sort of like the direct line. Like the, bo the guys that married the women don't have the powers. Um, but the girls, the grandchildren, all the grandchildren except Mirabelle have powers. And you sort of see this this us, them kind of thing, um, where she's kind of like taught that, oh, maybe you should stay out of the way because, because these guys have these powers and, and you don't. So we'll let them do what, what they're going to do and, and we don't really need your input right now. Um, and you also have it with her Tio Bruno who... Um, he had the power of seeing into the future, so he made predictions. Um, but he became ostracized because, you know, everybody, everybody would get their prediction and, and they think it was a bad prediction, you know. He told me my fish would die, and it died the next day. Um, and so he has this vision about Mirabelle, um, but he's not quite sure what the vision is. Um, but he's ostracized. Well, he's not ostracized. He, he goes away because um, his line was, um, I wasn't helping the family. So he, he took himself out of that situation. And I think that's when the cracks within, because they have a casita, um, which is a big house where everybody lives. Oh, that would be crazy if like I lived with my mother-in-law and my mother and my, my sister-in-law and my sister that would be, that, no, that would be bad. Um, I need my space. <laughs> but, um, but yes, so they live in a casita, 
and Mirabelle keeps on seeing these cracks um, forming all in the house. Um, and I think that's, your, that's when you veer off course. You get cracks. You get cracks in the house. You get cracks in the foundation. You get cracks in the rock. Well, no, no, no cracks in the rock. The rock is solid. Um, you get cracks in the foundation. You get cracks in the wall. Um, and, and I think another important idea from Encanto is there's not a transfer of ideas between generations. It's actually quite a common thing we see a lot. Um, it's um, kind of like when, when somebody says, I'm not picking on you elderly generation, I promise. <laughs> um, it's kind of like when, back in my day, we did this and that kind of stuff. Um, whereas you're trying something new because you don't want to do, do what they did back in the day. Um, so you kind of see that, that sort of uneven balance. There is great wisdom in, in older populations. Don't get me wrong. There is lovely wisdom in there. Um, it's when you put most weight in the top and not in the bottom that you don't get that even balance of change. When you're not willing to change, um, you're not willing to see it from a different perspective. And, and I hope that as I get older, I'm always, always willing to, to listen and to think about things from a different perspective. Um, because change can be scary, yeah, but change can also be good. Um, so, um, the, the scene in Encanto that I want to talk about is um, there's a scene where Isabella, um, Mirabelle and her have a fight and Isabella's in charge of making beautiful flowers, roses and fleur de mayo and, and all these kinds of things. And she makes a cactus. I love cactuses. I don't let them touch cactuses, but I love cactuses and succulents. Um, and she's like, oh, I've never made this before. This is really weird. Um, and they, they have a whole song about trying something new, and, and they're both happy. Um, Isabella and Mirabelle sort of heal their relationship um, because they've sort of had a, you know, a very strained sibling relationship uh, um, where Isabella's had to be the perfect one to compensate for Mirabelle not having powers and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and they go on this wild, crazy adventure where they're like putting palm trees and cactuses all over the casita and Abuela comes and she is not happy, let me tell you. Um, she gets mad um, because she thinks that something new and something different is going to... Um, what's the word? Uh, what, Clark? Yeah, destroy. It's going to destroy her house. And, and she's quite, I don't want my house destroyed. Um, so it's almost like a, a dampening of, a, a dampening of who Isabella should be um, in, in place of who she wants Isabella to be kind of thing. Um, I think another story that I think fits perfectly in here was um, we're at awards night and, um, 
and they have all the kids line up in a row to receive their certificates, and they shake the hand with the principal. And um, Matt did it, Ben did it, and then we get to Clark. I love you, Clark. Um, and, and Clark sort of looks at the principal's hand, and he's like, and he's like, I'm not going to shake your hand, but I'll do this. And he takes the certificate. Um, and, and people started laughing, and, and I actually ended up laughing. Um, and later, Clark was like, did you like what I did at the assembly? <laughs> and I was like, it was good, but I'm not sure if they're going to let you do it again. <laughs> um, because I remember when I was little, we had a... Um, I had Tuesday school graduation. Um, so I went to this Bible, this church on Tuesdays, and we had sort of like a preschool thing. And um, we had a graduation. And I remember that I did not want to participate in this sort of graduation ceremony. And so what I did was I just laid across one of the pews and just looked up at all the kids doing what they were doing. And I was like, I can't be bothered to do this. I'm not going to do this. Um, and I think what happened was I got told off. Um, and, and it sort of brought back memories of, you know, my spirit had been dampened because there was a sassiness to me. Like, I was sassy when I was little. I was, you know, your, your average little girl. But years of being told to be the proper, polite, quiet, don't do this, Nedra, don't do that, um, sort of dampened my spirit. It didn't... It didn't help me grow into who I needed to be, really. And I don't want to do that to Clark. Like, yeah, you know, follow the rules, Clark. There's, there's rules for a reason. But if he doesn't want to shake hands, I'm not going to make him. Unless it's like hands with the prime minister. And then I think you might have to. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that's a really good, a really good example. Um, and I think... The next thing that happens is we have burnout. So um, that's when you only look out for your needs or your, um, you're doing so much. You want to do so much, but you're not taking care of yourself. You're denying your spiritual, your, your replenishment, your, your prayer, your praise. You can't pour from an empty cup. Um, we have Mirabelle's other sister, Louisa. Um, she strives to do everything and not complain. And so what Louisa has now is anxiety. Like lots and lots of, it's under the surface anxiety. She doesn't show it, but it's there kind of thing. Um, and you also get feelings of isolation and discontent. Um, like I was talking before about uh, Isabella and Mirabelle, there was a strife between them because Isabella feels the need to be perfect so that she can compensate for Mirabelle's lack of powers. Um, and she's put into a position that she never wanted to be in. Um, yeah, I think that's what can happen when we have cracks in our foundation, when, when we don't have that even balance of learning and wisdom, shared participation and community, valuing everyone within our community. Um, and our prayer and praise when we're lacking in that as well. You get cracks in the foundation. But, but, there's good news. Because in the end, the house crumbles down. And 
Um, it's a Disney, it's, it's a Pixar Disney thing, so they, they wrap everything up in five minutes, not like me, um, who takes years and years. Um, so they, they have growth from embracing their mistakes and from changing their behavior. So Abuela says, uh, Abuela is sort of like, oh, it's my fault. It's my fault that the house has fallen down. And I think Mirabelle says it quite nice. She says, there's nothing broken that we can't fix. And I think that's true for us too, as, fellow, as followers of Jesus um, within my own family. There's nothing broken that we can't fix. I might get a little bit angry about it, but I'll still fix it for you. You know, we'll still fix it together. Um, there's a new sense of community that comes from it. It's growth for the younger generation because they're being heard and they're being valued for their contribution as well because everybody has equal value. I think, I think that's really important, guys. Everyone has equal value. Even that little tornado back there in the red Batman church, you know. He, he lives life on the edge and he exhausts me, but I love that he has a zest for life. And he teaches me that, to value life as well. <clears throat> and we've also have a deepening of relationships and community. So now that the house has been rebuilt, their family is stronger and they're better. And I think that's what we can be too. We can be stronger and we can be better. We're already doing a really great job, but we could be stronger and we could be better as well, I think. Do you agree? Yeah? Okay. All right. We're going to wrap it up now. How's everybody feeling? Yeah? You guys okay back there, children? I haven't heard any screams, so we're okay. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> All right. So, so the, more, the most important thing, how do we engage in fellowship? That's what we need to get to. Um, there's lots of ways that we can do that, actually. Um, so I would say the first one is working on your own personal relationship with God because like I said before remember um, fellowship is a personal relationship with God that extends to other people um, so, so working on, on your relationship with God um, taking a little time each day it doesn't have to be an hour of quiet time it's like I said I'm having conversations with him in the car, and that's maybe five, ten minutes tops. But I still get a lot out of it because he's really great at sort of condensing it down, unlike me. So, um, so how can you sort of work on your personal relationship? Well, you could join a home group. If there's one that doesn't fit you, make your own. Um, yeah, make your own home group, really. Um, me and Angeline run a home group. We do it together because I, I made a joke. I said, we're, we're both two introverts, so we make one extrovert. You know, one plus one makes one extrovert. So um, we do it together so that we, because we're both busy. We're both moms. Um, I'm trying to study. She's trying to build up the business and, and support Jeremy and that kind of stuff and, and be this amazing person that she already is. Um, so us sharing it 
makes sense. Um, there's, I, I actually liked this because I took some of the ideas from your guys's little papers as well. The buddy system check-in, um, I think that's a really good idea. That's having somebody at church to sort of check in and say, hey, how's it going? Do you want to get a coffee? Do you want to get, you don't have to have coffee either, you know. Do you want to go get a bubble tea? You know, it's, it's just those little things. It's just little check-ins. Um, as Anna, Anna talked about, the Alpha course, that's a really great way to sort of start learning or just to sort of reintroduce yourself as well um, to the essence of what Christianity is. Um, I did an Alpha course with a home group in Martin, and it was really great. Like, I got a lot from it. So I encourage, if you haven't done it, do it. Definitely. Um, topic nights. I think that's, that's a really good way to sort of grow within your personal relationship with God. Because you're, you're learning, you're sharing your wisdom that you might have about that specific topic. I'm not sure. It just says topic nights. So um, I think that could be quite broad. But... Um, I, I kind of came up with this one myself, though, because I'm actually quite desperate. Adopt a grandparent or parent. <laughs> um, like, having that sort of intergenerational, that's kind of like with the buddy system. Um, sort, sort of having an intergenerational relationship. Because Gordon and I aren't from Blenheim. We weren't born and raised here. Um, the closest family we have lives in Wairoa. So that's a whole island away. Um, having sort of a system or a relationship with um, a parent-like figure or a grandparent-like figure is actually quite important to me, and I think it's actually quite important for the boys as well. Um, and social events. Social events are quite important. Like, I'm not going to say we need to have less social events. Actually, I think we need more sometimes. Um, because they're the gateway to fellowship. It's like the gateway to drugs, but it's not. It's the gateway to fellowship, all right? We start, we start building that community. Fellowship follows, you know? Um, when you start developing relationships within the community of Connect, it actually helps you volunteer and step out of your comfort zone and say, I think I might want to try that kind of thing. Um, so there's different gateways to fellowship. Um, picnics, camps, different events, um, family movie night, Mario, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Mario Kart night, but that's just me. I'm sure Clark would be in on it too. Um, and I think it's also important that some events can't be run without volunteering. <laughs> so, um, so you do have to step out of your comfort zone and say, I want to be useful, what do you want me to do, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so it's kind of an all-in commitment. Um, things like a progressive dinner. We need the houses for people to, to have the progressive dinner. We need the houses for who's coming to lunch. We need families who are willing to go to a different house for who's coming for lunch or a progressive dinner. Um, Midwinter Christmas dinner. You can do potluck. I have, no, I have no qualms against potluck. But, you know, you need somebody to decorate, to make it nice as well. Um, 
So you have to, you have to step out of your comfort zone for those social events sometimes. Um, I think a really good one is also shoulder tapping, saying, have you thought about this? I, I think you might enjoy it, actually. Um, things like, like prayer meeting. I'm a, I'm a horrible, like, speak out loud prayer. Like, I don't, it feels really weird doing it. Um, for me, that's something I need to work on. Um, but, you know, just shoulder tapping somebody. Um, I got shoulder tapped to do this, and so now we're here. So I got shoulder tapped to do Caleb, and I did it, and it was great. So, yes. Um, and I guess the last thing I had was guest speakers, because different points of views can help us to exercise and stretch our previous understanding. You don't have to change. You, you can still say, mm, I still feel this way. I'll think about it. I still feel this way, though. That's fine. We weren't, we weren't meant to all agree with each other, you know? Um, if, if that was the way, we wouldn't have wars and we wouldn't have sibling rivalry or anything like that. We're all different, we're all unique, but I think we can all say that we're the same when it comes to God's love for us, eh? Yes, and, and that's all I've got. So, um, leave me a review, five stars, one star. <laughs> Tell me if I did okay, I need praise. <laughs> Because, because I'm somebody that needs to know that she did a good job. <laughs> All right. Um, who should I hand it off to? Maybe to you to close? <laughs> there you go.